Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Woo. joining you here on a Thursday morning. We are glad to be with you wherever you're listening to us. We appreciate it at supertalk.fm or wherever you get podcasts. We're glad you've made us part of your morning and part of your day. We want to thank all of our listeners, especially the servicemen and women taking care of us out there. I want to thank our sponsors, Strange Brew Coffee House and Churnin' Spoon Ice Cream when you're up in Starkville this weekend. You, that late night game, you need that little extra juice to get you through. Stop by Strange Brew on your way to the stadium. And they get, they'll give you what you need. You can try one of their new flavors. Winter, is it Blueberry Winter? What is it called? Winter Blueberry? Sweater Weather? No, no, no. No, no, we were getting Winter, winter Blueberry is one. Yeah. Winter Blueberry. And it's called Sweater Weather, but we believe that Liquid Christmas is a better name. I mean, you, you can uh, buy your own bag of such and go brew it at your house that's true too that could be a thing and of course you can shop online and then and you know they will send it to you they will send it to you for the coffee's love lover in your life so check them out this weekend when you're in starkville and of course i think i believe i am almost positive i need to double check this i don't want to go telling tales out of school but they should be open on thanksgiving day as well to take care of you as you head into the egg bowl you know what goes good with uh with coffee bourbon so i'm just saying you gotta keep warm and you got to watch him miss you play football. Hey, man, I don't begrudge you a, a drink. Hey, that's your thing. That's your thing. Never tried it. Yeah. I don't think I'll do it this week either. Probably, if I had to guess, Joel, you'll probably never do it. <laughs> so. Also, want to thank our other sponsor, Strange. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, College Corner. Oh, thanks, thanks, Stranger. College I, I, Corner. I don't know now. If if the Egg Bowl goes south and we have to deal with Twitter and everything else, <laughs> just, just, that may be the day. Joel just pulls out the the flask. is <laughs> open in case of emergency. It's like a Braves flask. Yeah, I've been holding on to this since 1998. Here we go. <laughs> Woo! Uh, what do they College Corner, our other sponsor? Are there are two locations there in the Jackson area. Over in Ridgeland, they're by Fleet Feet. Over in Fluid, they're by Half Shell. And both locations have the widest and best selection of MSU and any college you're looking for in Mississippi's merchandise. Uh, available. You can also shop online at collegecornerstore.com. As the holidays approach, and you want to get that Bulldog fan in your life, that special gift, they are the guys to check out. And if you're going to come to Starkville, come already prepared. Come in the logo where you want to be wearing. Don't take, waste your time in line. Get to the game. Get to the tailgate. You can do that when you shop at College Corner. Joel T, this is going to be a, a show where we're going to sort of look back at a, a, a past Egg Bowl and try to look at it through the lens of this year's Egg Bowl, because I think there's some similarities. And we're going to try to find some, some differences, because if, the, if it plays out the way it's playing out in my mind, it's going to be some unhappy maroon and white faithful on, on, on Thursday, on Thanksgiving night. And we're going to look at the 2016 Egg Bowl. So you think it's going to play out this way, in reverse? Let's put it like this. The, all of the pieces are in place for that. Something has to change on Mississippi State's end to fix that. Okay. I'm ready to dive in. All right, let's talk about the 2016 Egg Bowl. If you look at this, the 2016 Egg Bowl, the similarities are really interesting. Uh, a home team that I'm going to make the assumption state's going to be five and six needs to win to go to a bowl. The road team already out, believes it's out of the bowl picture because they've already got that seventh but, loss, but knows it has a chance if they win APR wise. APR to get wise, in one. right? And that road team is led by a young quarterback who is a fantastic runner. a, a, a Not a, an above-average runner, a fantastic runner. Right now, without doubt, in my opinion, the best running quarterback in the SEC. John Rice Plumley. That was Nick Fitzgerald four seasons ago. And what happened? Ole Miss 
was a favorite in that game. Uh, I think if you asked most Ole Miss fans before that game, and I think if you asked a lot of state fans before that game, they would have all told you that uh, Ole Miss was going to win that game. If you had asked Brian Haydad before that game, he would have told you Ole Miss was going to win. Yeah, and, yeah. remember, this is Peter Sermon, yeah. Mississippi State. Yeah, state had not stopped, <laughs> had not stopped anybody defensively that year. I think that's a difference right there. I think that most, I think a lot of state fans, well, maybe it's not a difference. I think a lot of state fans and a lot of Ole Miss fans think Ole Miss is going to win this year. But in this case, the home team was the favorite. I think state. I so, think they'll be a slight favorite. Like one or two points at, at most. I, I won't be completely surprised if Ole Miss is favorite. But what played out that day was this. State played its best defensive game of the year. They were able to constantly harass Shea Patterson. They were able to force a couple of turnovers. But more importantly, Ole Miss could not stop State's running game. State rushed for over 500 yards. They rushed for, Nick Fitzgerald sets a, a single game record, 252, 259, something like 258, 258. I, did this, I know this because I had to go back to it a few weeks ago with Kylan Hill. And that, that's on top of Eris Williams, who had 190 yards in this game. Um, big play after big play on the ground. By the end of the game, the Rebels just wandered off the field. And it was a blowout win, 55-20 for Mississippi State. Now, like I said, I, I see a lot of similarities in Fitzgerald and Plumley, a ton, to the point where I'm sort of surprised Plumley didn't come to Mississippi State. Because, and honestly, if Dan Mullen were here, that might have been an opportunity there. I don't know how hard he re- recruited Plumley in the beginning. I don't know any of those things, but watching him play, and I'm just like, that guy would have been perfect in Dan Mullen's system. Now, not a great passer, but neither was Chris Ralph, and neither really was Nick Fitzgerald. And he found a way to make that work. So my, my question to you is this. Why will it be different this time? And I, I guess I – am I asking if it's going to be different? Because I, I'm saying, you know, in the different scenario, Ole Miss still loses. But you see what I'm getting at. Why is this game not going to play out like 2016? Why, what you're asking me is why is Ole Miss not going to come to Starkville and run all over Mississippi State? Right. There you go. Um, one, I think State's defense in 2019 is better than Ole Miss's defense in 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you agree with that statement? Uh, I'm going to look up the stats. The eye test would say yes, because Ole Miss was really bad defensively that year. And remember, they started that year ranked in the top 10 and were, you know, blue what? We're up big on Florida State. We're up big on Alabama that year. Had a lead against Arkansas they couldn't hold. Had a lead. Uh, LSU tore them up pretty good, actually. Uh, had a lead against uh, somebody else that they, they, they couldn't hold. Van, you know, they, they lost to Vanderbilt that year. So, on paper, yeah, I would say State's defense is better. But that was a very talented, and people thought a lot of that Ole Miss uh, football team. And I would have to... I, I can't remember. Did, did Fitz have, have any success throwing the ball that day? He didn't have to, but did he throw it any that he day? He threw for three touchdowns, but he was like nine for 19 or something yeah. like that. I, he just, he just stopped, they just stopped throwing the ball after a while. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to say perhaps, too, that, that, that Nick is – I know the criticism that he's gotten through the years, but Nick may be a better passer than Plumlee. To, you know, Nick, to, to Nick you Fitzgerald, that, as a sophomore, was a better passer um, than, 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 than was. true freshman. Than true freshman. John, uh, Reese Plum, John Rice Plumley, excuse yeah. me. Um, I, I, I definitely see where you're going there. And I think that that is a legit fear. I mean, he could. 
come to Starkville and just <laughs> on Thanksgiving night have a feast on the ground. So you uh, just for the numbers, Mississippi State is currently 64th in total defense. In 2016, Ole Miss was 112th, difference of about 75 yards per game, which is I mean that's a huge difference. Yeah, so. yeah. So yeah, so, yeah. Everything you know, State is better defensively. But right now, for me, just the eye test, the way Ole Miss is playing. Because here's the other thing to remember about that game. State coming into that game was down. Remember, they, they, they had lost Alabama, and so they knew they needed to win the last two to go to a bowl. Or at least that's what they thought. And that Arkansas game, remember, they never Arkansas never punted. They ran up and down the field on State. So State was sort of down. They're like, oh, my gosh, they're not, we're not going to a bowl this year. You know, and it's, it's over. And you think, okay, all you've got left to play for is the Egg Bowl. Whereas Ole Miss is sort of where State was. They were like, okay, we, we win this game, we're going to a bowl. And simple as that, you know. It's sort of, you know, that's sort of reversed this year. I, there's some similarities and there's some differences, but to me the biggest thing that, that, I, that I'm looking at is how much Plumley reminds me of Fitzgerald. Yeah, I, I just, for whatever reason, and maybe it's because we're inside the program, and, and you did just bring up the number, State defensively this year is better than Ole Miss defensively that year. I just don't think Plumley can have quite the success that that Fitz had that day. That said, still ingrained in, in anyone's mind that saw any of the the LSU Ole Miss game this past week. I mean, if he can do that to LSU's defense, you, you mm-hmm. feel like he could do that to Mississippi State. Now that said, a lot of that came while Ole Miss was trying to dig out of a hole. You right, know, so right. how much of that had to do with LSU playing a little softer? Kind of, di- mm-hmm. I don't know the answer to that question, but right. My gut instinct. I mean, I think Plumley's going to have some success. I mean, do I think he's north of a hundred yards? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do, it wouldn't shock me if he's if he's pushing two hundred. The, we, the we question were asked is, this question is, is he the only thing that works? We were asked that question yesterday. Uh, you know, could Plumley be over two hundred? Will Kylan Hill or who will have more rushing yards? If Plumley's over two hundred, I feel pretty confident that Ole Miss is going to win. But what you just sort of hit on something there. What made State great that day? It wasn't it wasn't just Fitzgerald. Is that Eris Williams rushed yes. for 190 yards and two touchdowns? So you know State was one dimensional, but they were one dimensional with two guys. Yeah. So you had to account. You had for to both. account for both. Right. Eris Williams sort of dominated the first half. Nick Fitzgerald dominated the second half. Yes. So can I don't know Ely or somebody right help Ely, out Connor? I don't. I don't. Scotty Phillips has been hurt, and I don't. I don't. I haven't. I don't know what's wrong with him. I, that's something we'll have to get into a little bit next week when we talk to guys like Brian Scott Rippey and Ben Garrett. But. I do think, yeah, that you could have a situation sort of similar to what happened with LSU. Not that I think State's going to put 50 points on the board, but if it's just Plumley getting the yards and they're not doing anything through the air, that's a formula for State to win, right? I would think so, and if it's not, it's an indictment on somebody. You know, if if that's all they got working and that's their only weapon and you can't shut it down, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like Ole Miss has world beaters on the offensive line. Right. Uh, if you know what's coming... And that is literally the only thing and their only hope. And you can't stop it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's an indictment on that coaching staff at State. It's an indictment on, on those players and things that can't execute. If you can't slow him down, you know. Now, granted, like we said, if there's a scenario where Ely's having a big day too or maybe Plumley for whatever reason's completed a couple of passes down the field and, and you're, you're kind of on your heels a little bit, what are they going to do? What do we got to look for? Then that's different. But if he is literally their only hope, and he's the only thing that's halfway productive that day, and you still can't figure it out, mm-hmm. 
You kind of deserve what's going to happen at the end there. Yeah, and and I know that Joe Moorhead's an offensive coach, but then you start drawing up the recipe for when State's hunting for a coach the next day. Kind yeah, of. you really do. Plumlee, you know, the, the, the fear with Plumlee is this, is that you don't have to be a good passer to maybe hit a couple plays in the passing game. You know, and Elijah Moore has been a very productive receiver for them, really the only productive receiver they've had. Um, but he's good. And, you know, he plays in the slot. So it's not like you can just sort of – it's not like you can just slide Cam Dantzler over there and, and, and take him out. You know, you're gonna, he's going to be matched up probably on Brian Cole, who's been up and down this year at best. Um, so there's, you know, there, that's the danger of you – know, two years ago, I, I remember when I was predicting that game, I thought State would win, because you know, and State should have won. You know, the, the injury changed everything. But I remember saying, like, Ole Miss is going to throw it up a couple times. And, it, and, and what happens on those plays is going to determine if State wins or loses. And the 2017 Egg Bowl is such an interesting one to look at me from a statistical standpoint. State dominated Ole Miss again statistically. They ran the ball at will. They uh, held Ole Miss under their season average for points and yardage, but but they turned it over five times. Yeah, and, and that that is literally where the game was lost. Even as even with Mullen and one foot out the door, if State doesn't turn the ball over five times, they win the game going away. Even with all of what A.J. Brown did and what D.K. Metcalf did. But that was the difference in the game. Other than the turnovers, is they, they hit those big plays. I think they went to Brown like the second play of the game and got to, into the red zone. They hit D.K. for a long touchdown. They hit A.J. for another long touchdown. D.K. urinated in the end zone. He acted like it. He didn't actually. I, I, he may have we, uh, we don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. You're we right. don't know. He might have peed his pants. <laughs> it's possible. He's a bedwetter. Oh, my gosh. Uh but that's the that's that's the biggest fear for me if if, if I have one because I think Plumlee's going to get his yards. He's gotten them all year. There's no reason to think it's not like it, you know last year. Not like with the defense. The fear is that he finds more open a couple of times for big passing plays that will break State's back. So sort of to draw me up a game plan here. You know, I feel like you got to load the box, but you also have to to do it in such a way that you're keeping him in the pocket. You know, how many times this year, if, you, if you've watched Ole Miss play, and I've watched him, I haven't watched as many games as I normally do, but it seems like every time they pass, they're sort of doing the whole thing I used to do a lot on NCAA football when I would play as Mississippi State with Fitzgerald or with Dak. And that's, I'd just run four verts, and when everything cleared out, I'd take off running. And that's what it seems to do. He'll roll out, nothing's open, he just takes off. Somebody's got it, State has to, the word contain has to be, on the chalkboard, circled a couple times, stars around it, exclamation point. Contain, contain, contain. If you may feel differently, I think that if you wake up on Friday morning and State lost the Egg Bowl because you sold out to stop the run and Plumlee just passed for 300 yards that day, mm-hmm. I mean, it sucks you lost, but you're okay with that. And what else could you, you have done? You made him beat you with the tool that he doesn't beat anybody with. Right. And he just, you tip your hat to him and you move on with life. To me, the game plan here is just, you, you said it yesterday, and I don't disagree. Put nine in the box. Yeah. Do, do what you got to do. Yeah, two, de- two deeps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, just figure it out. Yeah. I, like, I, I'm okay with that. I don't know if anybody listening, there may be a football coach somewhere out there listening yeah, to And nine, nine's not going to happen. Yeah, but but not, seven but, to eight is going to happen. It needs to happen. Yeah. You know, there should be eight guys within five yards of the line of scrimmage. And if they go over the top and beat you, you tip well, your hat. You, well, you, then you figure that out. But Plumley and his success is going to determine everything for Mississippi State in this game and for Ole Miss, obviously. 
Does State have a guy like that? Is there a guy that I, and I can say, if he does this and this is good, State wins? Kylan Hill goes for 200 yards? I think it's more of what Stevens does. I was going to say, I think if you told me like Tommy passed for 200 yards, I think that bodes better for State than Yeah. Than Ole Miss is not good against the pass. They're, they're, not, they're not a good pass defense. Uh, they're, they're not bad against the run, but I think that's a function of they're bad enough against the pass that teams don't, you know, look at what I – their numbers are sort of skewed because of Alabama and LSU put up, and, and in Auburn put up even with not the points. Yeah. Auburn put up huge passing numbers on them. Well, I, I think that the Tommy, like we just said, like Tommy passing for two hundred yards. If you're Ole Miss coming into this game, your goal is probably slowing down Kylan Hill, right? Don't let him beat you a little bit. Um, and if Tommy's passing for two hundred plus yards, to me, that's going to create some open lanes for Kylan Hill to have a big day too. Yeah. So I, I think it more. Everything's more predicated on Tommy being able to to hit on a couple of those deep balls that against Alabama he just didn't. Yeah. And and I know that that isn't all him. That's on, on the receivers getting well, and, separation and everything else. But and you should be able to get more separation against Ole Miss's secondary than, than against Alabama. And if you no can't, question. then that's, well, that's a bigger issue. Yeah. yeah. Could State be one dimensional and win this game? I, we, if we're saying Ole Miss mm-hmm. can. Can State do it? It seems more unlikely. Mm-hmm. I feel like State's at its best when Tommy is passing for 150 to 200. when they've been balanced. Yeah. Look at their four wins this year. They were balanced in all of them. Kylan had big rushing days, but they were able to throw the football as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's just, you know, how that worked out. Where does State have some advantages in this game? You know, let's sort of go position by position. Does State have the advantage of quarterback? I think they do because Mm -hmm. you have a guy that can do a little of both. Right. So that that makes me think that, and it's slight. It's ever so slight. Yeah. Um, and on any given day, Plumley's one tool yeah. can be so much better than than the than the sum of Tommy's both tools that that maybe that's the difference. But you know, if you told me going into a season, I can have a quarterback that all they can do is run, or I can have a quarterback that's fair at both. Yeah. I might take the guy that's fair. But so I think here, I would slightly favor Tommy. The the issue I have here is this: is that. I, Stevens might be more talented, might be the better quarterback. He, he's definitely the better quarterback. Yes. If you he, had to start an NFL, he's the better, he's the better in, athlete. He's you had to start an NFL team tomorrow, you want Tommy Stevens to be the I would rather Stevens guy. over Plumlee. <laughs> yeah. But Plumlee is the better athlete, and Plumlee's just playing better. Stevens played great against Arkansas, but that's really it since the Louisiana game. So he's only had two games this year where you can say he played really well. Yeah. Plumlee's got a bunch, you know. And I, I like I said, you know, if Plumlee had been their quarterback all year, and I guess if Stevens had been the quarterback all year and had been healthy, both of these teams are probably a little bit different in terms of what their record is right now. Yeah. But Plumlee's just playing better. I think Hill is better than whoever is going to be in the backfield with Ole Miss. But I think that Ole Miss is better total because I think Phillips, if he's able to go, Connor and Ely are better than Hill and Gibson. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a crazy thought. I never thought the day would come that the Ole Miss had better running backs than Mississippi State. Well, they never had, thought that they haven't had that since Deuce McAllister left. No, I mean it, with Plumlee back there, Ole Miss has become a version of what State used to be. Yeah, they just have. Yeah. Um, I feel like too that Ole Miss in this game has the chance to just suck the air right out of State early, and State really hasn't shown an inclination to be able to punch back. If if, if Ole Miss comes out and wins the, the toss and takes the ball and Plumlee pops a 
you know, 70-yard touchdown run. Or it doesn't even have to be that. If they score on that opening drive, they get in the end zone. Um, I just – and then State goes three and out or something on their first – like State all year long, you, well, you think back to Tennessee, you think back to some of these other – like there there hadn't been many examples this year of State getting punched in the mouth early and then getting up off the mat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that this could be another example of that if Ole Miss is to punch State in the mouth early. And in the last two Egg Bowls in Starkville, something like that has happened. Yeah. You, know, you had 2015, Dak is driving down the field, and then he fumbles, which Dak Prescott never did. Never did. And Ole Miss immediately scores. That and, game, man, that that was so influenced. I think by that senior, Sarah. Like I know I'm not one to blame. Don't, don't get me started. I'm not one to blame things. Oh, I'm blaming. But I really do blame. I'm blaming. That. that was a poor, poor idea. Poor idea to do that. Impossible to come back and play football after that kind of emotional moment. Impossible. And it it showed. Ole Miss was up to what twenty one nothing. Yeah. 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 Something like that. And then two years ago, obviously, you know, the the game is going back and forth. It's close. But when Fitzgerald broke his ankle, it was over. The air yeah. went out of the stadium, air went, went out, out of the, the sidelines and everything. And and you just you could just tell. You know, it was, it was not going to happen. And Ole Miss just kept they hit they hit what five they had five I think five big plays in that game. They had two long maybe four. They had two long passes to to Brown, one to Metcalf, and then Scotty or not Scotty, what's his name? Wilkins had a long run. And that was pretty much their whole offense the whole game. But they just kept getting the ball. And so, you know, thinking about the 13, you know, that was the last time that State and Ole Miss played here where the game was back and forth the whole way. Where Ole Miss just, you know, and not, even the, the, the 17 egg ball, I mean, State scored, what, twice in the fourth quarter? So, I mean, that, that was 31-14 going into the fourth. So, State has to, I agree with you. And that's been, we've, we've said that all year. That's been, if we've, if we've said anything, it's, State needs to start fast. They need to start fast. They really need it. Because this crowd on, on Thursday night at the Egg Bowl is going to be looking to turn. They are expecting the worst. They're coming in with a bad attitude. And if it's, like you said, three and out and then Ole Miss score, your, your nightmare scenario is you get the ball first, three and out, and then first place, Plumlee's just gone. That place, I don't know if it'll empty or people will just stay to hate watch, but they are going to be mad. They're going to be angry. And most of the heat in that stadium will be pointed right at the mm. tall guy on the sideline. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it won't be pleasant. State has to find a way to start fast in this game. They have to. And I don't know what that plan is. You know, my first thought is first down, get to Mitchell. Get to Mitchell. Throw deep and see what happens. Let him – because if you – I think – because I think the opposite is true too. I think that if State could come out quick and it would rally everybody. Yeah. Because then you start everybody in the stadium. Heck yeah, you know, all beating right, Ole Miss fourteen right. nothing. Yeah, it, kind of exactly. thing. Like it's, exactly. All right, all right, we're okay. We're okay. It would be, that's why <laughs> it would be like a sigh of relief. Yeah. When I look back at the sixteen Egg Bowl, I always try to figure: was there something Ole Miss could have done? And I, the thing is, I don't think there was. Mm-mm. They just weren't talented enough defensively, and honestly, that team had sort of quit. I don't get the impression this team has quit at Mississippi State, and I think they when once you look at Saturday Thursday night. And you're going to have Gay, Autry, and Murphy back there. I don't think talent's the issue there. So I guess my our, our long-winded answer to our opening question is there are enough differences to make you feel like State can win the football game. Yeah, I think you just hit on it right there. I don't think there's nothing that Ole Miss could have done in 16. Mm-hmm. I think there's plenty State can do in 19. I, I think that they, are, they have the talent to plug any of the holes and any of the differences and discrepancies. Whereas the 16 Ole Miss team, I think, was just at the mercy of a, a State team that was – they, they, they couldn't do anything. 
and, and I don't think State's in that situation. I feel like, and if I'm proven wrong on Thanksgiving night, y'all can y'all can say, hey, Joel, you're wrong. Wouldn't be the first time. Mm-hmm. But I, I think State's got enough to – I'm not going to say they're going to stop Plumley, but they've got enough, I think, to not just let him mow them down can State time, win a shootout? After time after time. Can State win a shootout in this game? I have – it's tough to say that State can win a shootout, right. man. They haven't had one all year. Uh, yeah, they scored 50-something points on Arkansas, but, but Arkansas I, me, and, me and you and nine strangers could score 50-something on Arkansas, you know? I, it's, we could get 30, Joel. Let's, let's not go overboard. <laughs> all right, we, we don't have a whole lot of speed. Uh, unless, unless those nine strangers are, you know, Dak Prescott. <laughs> then maybe. Uh, if you told me this game is a shootout, I actually probably do favor Ole Miss. Yeah. So then, I'm not asking for prediction, but if you think State's going to win, I mean, how, what's what's your margin of victory? What's what's your total points? I mean, I, I could see something in the in the neighborhood of. And, and look, when I say State can't win a shootout, I'm not saying State can't score. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just saying if this thing is like a fifty something to forty something game, I uh-huh. think I like Ole Miss's chances to get yeah, fifty something. I like more them a little bit like better in a track meet. Yeah. Um, but I think I mean I think State could win this game. You know. 3121 3124 something like that. Okay. I don't know if you, that's not a shootout, I don't think. It's not a shootout, but it's a back and it's forth. It's a little high scoring. It's a back and forth kind of game. And 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 I, and I I could to me, if you told me to predict it today, I might predict like 3124 3127 something like that. Yeah. What are we you know, advantage we, we let's go back to the advantages real quick. Ole Miss's offensive line has not been good, but State's defensive line has has not been good either. <laughs> I, I, does having Lee Autry and Willie Gay does that provide you with a little bit more confidence in that matchup for State? I mean, it should a little but, bit, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, look, they some of these guys played at Tennessee and it didn't matter, but that said, the defense didn't play poorly at no. Tennessee. You just didn't score. You, it was the offense was the problem at Knoxville, not, not the defense. So I, I talked to Stephen Gustinelli the other day. He said, if you had told me that with seven minutes left in the game, Tennessee had 13 points, I, I would have thought State was winning big. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, defensively, they didn't they didn't lose at Tennessee because of the defense. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, the Kentucky game, the defense made the difference, really. Yeah, was was big. Um, and then in Arkansas, I mean, they, they were just all over the place. Yeah. That said, they could have not played at Arkansas, and you still would have won the game. Handily. Still would have won the but, game easily. But yeah, I mean, those guys playing. We have seen this year that they have made a little bit of a difference. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, that makes you feel a lot better. Uh, what's what's the matchup for State that you like the best? It, for either offense or defense. Where where do you like State versus Ole Miss? Oh. I, th- I, f- I still feel like Kylan can have a big day. Okay. So that may be it. Right. I-, I think Kylan – because I don't trust the- – and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but when I w- – I don't trust that Ole Miss can just put the clamps on Kylan. Right. And, and so I-, I feel like he-, he can and likely will have another one of those 100-plus rushing yard days. The question is how much over 100 does he get in my mind. So I- if you maybe just say one thing right now, I think I'd go Kylan. Against their defense, and then reverse it. Where do you? What's the? Where does Ole Miss have the biggest advantage? Um, I mean, Plumlee's their biggest weapon. I mean, uh, we've been talking about him all show, so I hate to take the easy way out here, but that's what worries you. If if you said ask the state fan today, you know, you ask 
me today. What's the one thing that if that if Ole Miss takes advantage of this, they're going to win? It's it's only running wild. Yeah. And like we said, if LSU can't slow him down, um, he had some success against Alabama. He's been electric, and so that that. I guess Plumley against State's defense in general yeah. is, is what scares you. Ole Miss's rushing defense is ranked 36 nationally, but their passing defense is is ranked. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, where is it? 120th. Okay, so the numbers actually fact favor Tommy having a bigger day. <laughs> they do, but I think I, I think a lot of that is there's three games that stand out, and that's Alabama and LSU because they just pass all over them, and then also Cal. Cal was not a good passing team. They did, they did, but they did in that game. And I think I think teams just don't run much against Ole Miss. You know, opponents rush. Let's just see if I, let's see if I'm right. I don't know that I'm right or not. Uh, Ole Miss opponents rush 35 times per game against Ole Miss. Let me see. Let me just. Where does that rank? That ranks 35th in the nation. So I guess it's not that bad. Whereas Ole Miss opponents pass. Uh, 37 times a game, which is 124th. So I guess it's, it's not that bad, but I guess I'm, 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 my, my theory was wrong there. I don't know. I, you know, I, I tend to think that Kylan Hill is a key in this game, but the stats make me think that it, it's more about Tommy Stevens. Yeah. So it's, it's like an eye test versus numbers kind of thing for me. Oh, here, I, I think the base- here's an early line. Look here from uh, from Westgate Vegas. State as opens as a one and a half point favorite. So we were right. We were correct. Uh, just a very small favorite. So basically because they're on their home field. Yeah. Um. The bottom line is this, and we've already touched on this a couple of days this week, but it's just the truth. You got two mediocre football teams. You're right. And 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 two mediocre football teams that you could draw up scenarios to where one of them could kick the other in the teeth. Mm-hmm. And you could draw up scenarios to where it's just nip and tuck the whole way. It's why one week from today, it's a four outcome game, as yeah, we've said sure. a bunch of times. For sure. There is not a single final score that could come out of that game, I think, that would that would just floor you. If state yeah. wins big, no shock. Ole Miss wins big, no shock. Yeah. Tight either way, no shock. Right. It's just a, a complete Crap shoot, and yeah. I think that's one reason why it's been a while since we've had people a tight are, egg people are kind of on pins and needles about it because there's nobody really knows what's fixing to happen on yeah. Thanksgiving night. It makes it kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, I fun, go, I fun may not be far. the right word, but it's it's just been a while since we've had a tight egg bowl. Think about you know, fifteen almost was up big, uh, sixteen state state wins. I mean that game was what seven in the third quarter, but state had state had been dominating the game. Uh, 17, Ole Miss was up 17 in the fourth quarter, and then last year State was it was never in doubt. You know, in 14 it was it was it was what a seven point game midway through the fourth quarter, but even then you felt like Ole Miss was in control. I thought being at that game, I thought Ole Miss was going to win when when they were up when 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 Jalen Walton went around the end. Yeah. I thought Ole Miss was going to win. Yeah, um, and then with uh, 13, obviously, you know that's the last one that was like really nip tuck the whole way. I think we're gonna have another one of those, you know. What if Ole Miss, or excuse me, what if State wins an ugly, ugly like seventeen fourteen game? What's the reaction to that? Muted joy. 
I mean, does that make sense? People, like 17, 14, and seven of the points came on a pick six or something. You're, like. you're happy that you won. You don't have to, you know, put your head in the sand for a year. But at the same time, I think it's 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 just like a stay of execution. You know, I think at the end of the day, and this is something, you know, we could talk about. We'll probably talk about a little bit more after the Egg Bowl. But if you believe that Joe Moorhead's not the right coach, this game doesn't should not affect your opinion, Yeah. no matter what happens. Um, so if State wins, I think it's, you know, well, I'd rather win than lose, but I still feel that this time next year we're going to be having this discussion again. So that's how, you know, feel like you're just putting off the inevitable. Now, that would, you know, allow Joe Moorhead the opportunity to win back a lot of trust in 2020. And he'll have that opportunity. Do I think he can do it? I don't think so. But... You know, he'll have the chance. You know, he could win some games next year that you don't expect. That's 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 what more if Morehead if I were to sum Morehead up in twenty twenty and one thing it would be win games you don't expect to win. You've been losing games the last two years you expected yeah. to win. And you just have to do it once or twice. You know, you know once. Once a year. If you win if you went in the games you're supposed to win, and then you win one game that you're not supposed to win, you probably had a really good season. Yeah. And and, and in fairness, he did that a year ago. Auburn. I would say that you're right, but then Auburn ended up not being any good. Yeah. In hindsight, it wasn't as great as yeah. it looked at the time. It's sort of like the 14 games with uh, LSU and A&M and Auburn. At the time, you're like, oh, it's great. And then it turned out it, wasn't, it was not actually that great. But even then, I mean, he won one game he wasn't supposed to win. Maybe A&M, maybe. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that – I would not say that was a game he wasn't supposed to win. But he also lost three. He's one in three. This year he hasn't won a single game he was supposed to win, or I'm sorry, that he wasn't supposed to win, and he's lost two. Several that he was supposed to win. He's lost two this yeah. year. He's lost Kansas State and Tennessee. Everybody, the other, I mean, State has six losses, right? Four of them, A&M, LSU, Auburn, and Alabama, everybody would have predicted before the season started. Yeah. So next year, next year's Joe Moorhead's rallying cry is, win a game you're not supposed to win. Look at the schedule right now. Can you beat Auburn at home next year? That's a game you're not supposed to Can you beat Texas A&M? That's probably a game you're not supposed to win. If you do that, and then you beat your four non-conference opponents, and you beat Kentucky, Missouri, and Arkansas, even if you lose to Ole Miss. That's eight. That's eight. Yeah. And everybody's okay again. But that's a tall task, I think, for Joe Moorhead. Just because, not, not, not that it's not winnable games, I don't know that he's the coach to win them. So that's sort of where we are. But this game on uh, on on Thursday night next week will uh, will there'll be a lot riding on it. Obviously, well, it sure help as long as everybody on the team takes their own chemistry tests going into next year. I mean that that'd be a that'd Buddy, be step I, one. I hope that problem has been solved. If it hasn't, we'll find <laughs> out. All right, tomorrow's show we will actually talk about Abilene Christian. We will talk. We will preview that game, playmakers and predictions, and then also not as part of the show, but uh, just a separate interview. But Joel and I will talk to Coach Chris Lamonis. Tomorrow, and that will uh, be aired on Friday morning. We're going to talk to him about the upcoming season and about his recruiting class, another top five, top ten class, wherever you look. It's you know we said I think we said on the show we wanted to talk to somebody who knew about baseball recruiting a little bit. He's the guy. He'll tell us what we want to know. So that interview coming your way on Friday, and on top of that, the the, the three P's for Mississippi State Abilene Christian. The only show we're really going to focus uh, on that game. Guys, have a great uh, Thursday. We'll talk to you again on Friday morning. For Joel T. Coleman, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning. Super Bowl.
Super Talk Mississippi media production.